It's Lisa. Welcome back to the World Heart Diaries. Thank you for being here. Today we're going to be talking all things World Heart again and we're going to be following on from last week's episode when we were talking about specific traits and personality qualities of a World Heart. And today we're going to be talking about other labels or other names and ways that people talk about World Hearts. So you might also identify with these. But can I also reiterate what I said last week, which is you are not defined by a list of of traits. You are not defined by that. You are a messy, nuanced, complicated human being and you are uniquely you. But this is to give you a guide, it's to act as a guide. And I hope that by seeing yourself in this way, that you can you can see that some of the traits that perhaps you've been teased for or made fun of or bullied or or abused for you know they've been used against you i hope that you can twist that around and 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 see that the people that were threatened by those traits or that didn't like those traits in you were probably jealous of them wish they had more of them themselves i mean that would make sense wouldn't it it is really common in dysfunctional families that there is a ceiling on the amount of joy and the amount of happiness and the amount of excitement that you can feel. And there is also a lid on the amount of healing that can be done. And I think I sort of talked about that in the first episode where I was talking about my frustrations of working with children in those family systems because there was a ceiling on it. You know, if, if we went above the ceiling, first of all, it wouldn't feel safe for the, for the client. The, the child would not feel safe. So maybe you don't feel safe and that's why you keep getting stuck in parts of your life because you're thinking, well, I really want to do that and I keep trying to do it, but I procrastinate or somehow I never make it. Well, that's your nervous system saying, hey, hey, hang on a minute, I don't feel safe, so we ain't going to be doing that today. And so you've got to, to take baby steps to get towards it and the priority is, the priority is safety. And I think that safety is emotional safety and it comes from an emotionally safe connection. So I got that through therapy with my long-standing therapist, God love her, who I've been with for oh, some something along the lines of 12 to 15 years. And then she became my supervisor and she is my secure, safe person. But you can't heal in the place that hurt you. So last time we were talking about the toxic puddle, listen to that episode if you haven't listened to last week's episode. But you can't heal in the toxic puddle. You can't. Because there are rules, there are unspoken rules and agreements in that puddle which are going to keep you stuck in the role that you've been given as part of your family. So let's have a look at some of these alternative labels. And I'm sure you've seen lots of these on the internet and some of them actually get a bad rap. But remember, you know who you are and you get to choose who you are. The first one is the HSP. And... I'm going to include a link in the show notes today to Dr. Elaine Aaron's test for the highly sensitive person. So are you an HSP, a highly sensitive person? There is a test. I scored 23 out of 27 on the test. But again, it asks these questions where I'm left wondering, is that my temperament or is that a trauma response? It's probably a mix of both, I would say. But obviously, as you do the work and you get to know yourself better get to know yourself for who you really are then you will be able to work out what is born out of you know your environment your nurturing 
what is born out of your toxic puddle and what is really you. Another label that Wild Hearts might be called is an empath. An empath, a creative, an, in, an introvert, an intuitive. I think they're all variations on a theme of being a sensitive intuitive. So Dr. Judith Orlaff, who's the author of The Empath Survival Guide, The Life Strategies for Sensitive People, I'll put links to all of the references I make in the show notes today. She writes that being a highly sensitive person and an empath are not mutually exclusive. You can be both at the same time. Many highly sensitive people are also empaths. So can, does that resonate with you? How do you know if you are one or the other? Well, let's just dig a little deeper. Highly sensitive people have a low threshold for stimulation, the need for alone time. They have sensitivity to light, sound and smell, plus an aversion to large groups. It also takes highly sensitive people longer to wind down after a busy day since their system's ability to transition from high stimulation to being quiet is slower. Highly sensitive people are typically introverts, whereas empaths can be introverts or extroverts, though most are introverts. Empaths share a highly sensitive person's love of nature, quiet environments, a desire to help others and a rich inner life. Empaths take the experience of the highly sensitive person much further. They can sense subtle energy, which is called shakti or prana in eastern healing traditions and they actually absorb it from other people and different environments into their own bodies so i talked about that before when i said when i was coaching the children i would take on their feelings or the ones that they weren't aware of you know that they that they weren't expressing that they that were stuck or suppressed highly sensitive people typically don't do that this capacity allows us to experience the energies around us in extremely deep ways that's the empath since everything is made of subtle energy, it is, including emotions and physical sensations. We energetically internalize the feelings and the pain of others. So think about being an empath and a highly sensitive person in a really dysfunctional family. Think about how that would impact you, being in the energy of that toxic puddle all the time and not being able to get out of it. And that's your complex trauma. That's your complex PTSD that I talked about before. By the way, if you're if you don't if you haven't read about CPTSD before, that there is a book by a man called Pete Walker. It's CPTSD from Surviving to Thriving by Pete Walker. I'll put it in the show notes. And that was the first book I read about CPTSD. Now CPTSD is not in the diagnostic manual for therapists and uh clinicians i feel it should be it may well be in the future uh it's not recognized when i read pete walker's book and i had to read it four or five times because i kept disassociating it was very triggering because whilst it felt really good to be seen and validated and and it gave me a greater understanding of what had happened to me which as you can imagine was a huge huge relief because I believed that I was this really awful bad terrible person and people were going to find out that I was this really awful bad terrible person like just full of toxic shame felt that I should hide myself away from the world and then and shouldn't be around people because you know 
that might hurt them or make them feel bad, which is actually the complete opposite, really, isn't it? Because other people were hurting me and making me feel bad. So, yeah, Pete Walker's book was great and but it was very triggering. But now I read it, I can read it. I I kind of know bits of it off by heart and I can read it now uh, without having such a strong emotional response. And I find it really helpful in my work as a, as a reference book. So, so be sure to, to check that out. If you haven't read that book, it does help make sense of a lot of things. So back to the empath and the highly sensitive I think wild hearts are both highly sensitive and highly empathic empaths often have trouble distinguishing between someone else's discomfort and their own and lots of empaths have profound spiritual and intuitive experiences which aren't usually associated with highly sensitive people some are able to communicate with animals nature and their inner guides so some people believe that they have spirit guides I talk to the angels, I also talk to my ancestors, so I might ask my nanny for help and I also call in um, other energies to help me when I feel stuck. But I communicate with those other realms through the tarot and the oracle cards and through the journaling. That's how I get my messages and I teach other people to do that. I love teaching other people how to do that because when you've been abused or you've been in that toxic puddle for too long, what happens is you lose touch with your intuition and and your inner voice is silenced. And so it gives you your voice back and it, and it connects you back to your intuition. And as a wild heart, that is a really, really powerful part of who you are. And you must be connected to that in order to live a wonderful wild heart life, I believe. So... Let's just look at those, take those spiritual uh, experiences a little bit further, because I want to share with you now some stories of when I was working with children of weird, spooky shit that went down in my coaching room. No, nothing funky, nothing, nothing weird, just, I don't know what I refer to as the magic of the coaching process. And it's not tangible, you have to trust it you have to have faith in it it's almost like between you and the client another energy comes in which is truly magical and everything shows up perfectly and as it should do for that client so uh, let me give you an example I had a little boy who had always been let down and he had a massive fear of 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 someone not being there to pick him up when he'd finished school well obviously that had happened so then he just always felt like he was and also he had a belief that he was always bottom of the pile and he was going to be the last one lovely little boy and one day I completely forgot about his session I just I didn't it wasn't in my diary and I just thought and I'm really organized and I'm quite OCD about stuff like that especially for the kids because I knew how important it was to show up for them and I thought I don't want to be another adult in this kid's life that lets him down so I wrote him a card. I apologised to his parents, obviously, and um, we rescheduled. But I, I wrote him a card because I wanted him to have a different experience of being let down by an adult who could make an apology and show him that he was worthy of that and that he mattered and that that was OK. And I mean, he was devastated because because um, 
he loved coming to see me so he had a lot of emotions but we talked about them all in the in the following sessions and he liked his card and and so in some way that healed that little boy now that couldn't have happened if if that hadn't have gone wrong in inverted commas it wasn't wrong nothing is ever wrong everything is just happening the way it's meant to and as I got more experienced and better at my coaching I realized that actually you just have to let stuff play out and let go so I did become less of a control freak (laughs) because your trauma you know the fear inside you makes you want to control and hold on to everything so um I had some really lovely sessions with kids and I wanted to talk to you about the 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 more spooky stuff that happened so once a little boy wasn't always boys saw girls as well but I probably saw more girls than boys a little boy turned up to coaching I think he was about seven right with a picture that he'd drawn for me and I was like wow and it looked like a castle and I thought why has he drawn me next to a, a castle like I know little boys probably draw castles and I showed him a photograph on my phone. I'll actually reference a blog post that I've written about these incidents so you can see the photos and read it for yourself. But I <laughs> I showed him a photo on my phone of a place that I had visited the day before and it was exactly like the castle he had drawn. And I was like, wow, that's not weird, is it? Which is why I believe that when you when you are a wild heart you have all these connections we have all these connections to each other these heart to heart connections these energetic connections these emotional connections and they are so so powerful uh another another time a young girl came to coaching and asked if she could draw me a picture and I said yeah sure and so she was drawing as we were talking as lots of children do because you're not making eye contact with them and that just takes the the intensity out of the session because it's hard for them to be with all those emotions because you know they're in families where emotions are not the done thing or there's not much emotional relating so she drew me this she was drawing me this picture and she drew me a picture of a horse and of a girl standing next to a horse and then at the end of the session we pull what's called a smiley thought card so these are my interpretations of grown-up oracle and tarot cards I made them for the kids they're just 40 positive affirmations and she pulled the one which said I am safe and protected and it literally jumped out of the pack as I was shuffling so we call that a flyer (laughs) and I said to her go and get it go and get it and then so and we had this conversation about how she felt safer around animals than humans sadly And then we saw the card and the I am safe and protected card is actually a picture of a mummy horse and a baby horse together. Just blows my mind. And then another another funny thing that happened. So if you're into crystals, you're like this one. A little boy rushed into my coaching room um, to take his socks off and he shoved his foot in my face, you know, as boys do. And he said, look, 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 smiley, look at my look at my Verucas. And I I said, are they bad? And and he was going, well, do you think they're bad? And, uh, you know, he would keep bringing me stuff that he thought was wrong with him. So like me, he had a belief that there was something wrong with him and he needed me to tell him that he was okay. So every session there was some, is it is it this? Is it that? And I used to do that with my therapist in the beginning, actually. So I suggested that he tried a crystal. So he, he ch- and he said, which one? And I was like, just pick one, pick any one that you feel drawn to. And he spent the entire coaching session with it balanced on the top of the foot that had the Veruca on it. 
And so then he went away on holiday. I didn't see him for a bit. And then he came back for his last session and he took his sock off and he was like, my Veruca has completely disappeared. And I was like, really? And he couldn't believe it. Um, he, he couldn't believe that that had happened. And I just said, well, that's the power of your thought and your belief. Like you told your body it was safe to heal. You, you told it it was going to get better. You did the right thing. And then your body did. Our subconscious is so powerful. And then our brains are just powerful anyway. I think there's lots of parts of our brains that um, we, we, we don't fully understand. So I used to say to my therapist, so going into this whole psychic thing, because when I was coaching the kids, I used to get like pictures pop up in my head. I see everything in full colour and I see everything in film, like I'm watching a movie, like even days of the week and numbers and things have colours and I see them visually in my mind's eye. So I don't, I don't know if you can relate to that. I would say that's a form of clairvoyance. But I also hear a voice in my head, which is clairaudience, which is my voice. It's not that horrible mean girl voice that's like, you're, you're this and you're that and you got it wrong and you're terrible and you're bad. It's not that voice. It's, a, it's, just, it's just a voice of reason, a loving, kind voice. And, you know... I, I I learned to start trusting, this is through the journaling and the cards, I learned to start trusting those images that popped up into my head during sessions. So I would be sitting there and a child would be talking to me and I'd be 100% with them listening, actively listening and nodding and asking questions. And as they were talking, let's say an image of me horse riding as a child came up or me at school came up and... I think why why am I getting that am I like over identifying with the client the client's not talking about this like what's going on so then I'd wait for a pause in the conversation and I'd say do you horse ride and then the client would be like off and that would be the thing that they needed to tell me about how they loved horses and so it's interesting isn't it that you know I th I think if you're intuitive it's not that you can read minds. I don't think it's that you can read minds. I don't think I can read minds. Although telepathy is a thing, I believe. But I think you can pick up on energies or other people's experiences. So that's that empath that we were talking about earlier. And then what happens is how I receive that information is 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 how my intuition functions both. So is it a voice in my head, clairvoyance? Is it a clairaudience? Is it a picture, clairvoyance? Is it a knowing, claircognizance? Is it a feeling, clairsentience? They're all the clairs. Claire wasn't in the room with us. Sorry, I can resist. That's such a dad joke, isn't it? So they're all the clairs and you need to understand how your intuition works, how you receive information and trust that. And that means you've got to be really deeply connected to yourself. And the problem is, is that when you've grown up in a dysfunctional family, your focus is always on the other person, on your abuser. You're watching what they're doing all the time. You're trying to survive. You're trying to work out what they need. You're trying to keep yourself safe. You're not connected up to you. And then my experience, the emotional abuse was a lot of gaslighting. So gaslighting is when you tell someone, you express your reality, you say this happened or that happened and the other person doesn't believe you or they try and convince you that you're, you've got it wrong or you're mad. And so what they're trying to do is alter your reality. Well, when you're in an environment where you're gaslit for years and years and years and years and years, you do then have to live in a split reality 
there's your reality of what you think happened and then there's the abuser's reality and over time guess whose reality gets bigger and your reality diminishes and your connection to your sense of self diminishes that's why my book that I wrote is called stuck between two worlds because Ruby in the book is straddling her own reality. She's trying to hold on desperately to herself, to what she believes is true and right. And then there's the reality of her dysfunctional family, of all the crap that's in that toxic puddle. So, yeah, I mean, it's just bonkers. But my therapist did say to me, because I'm really uncomfortable about saying I'm psychic, because I, I really do believe that some people are gifted in that way. And so I prefer to call it intuition, high intuition, but she did say to me, it is possible that you have experienced other realities because, you know, you, you've been abused and therefore you've had to leave your body. So we call that disassociation. So you come out of your body in order to survive the abuse. And therefore you may have accessed other spaces in your mind that you wouldn't have visited had you not been pummeled repeatedly over the head by angry fists. So... That is something worth thinking. I mean, I do think some people are born with a gift. And then there was another, I'll just tell you one more story. It's the last one and then I'll stop storytelling. <laughs> but I, do, I do find this stuff fascinating. Oh no, I've got another one. There was a, a little boy. I finished a session off. I said goodbye to one client, went upstairs, had a wee, cleaned the room, the energy in the room. And as I came out of the room, I was like, oh, God, my neck, my neck is really hurting. What have I done to my neck? Have I sat awkwardly? Have I done something? Went downstairs to open the door to my next client, opened the door and was like, hi. And he was there with a with a neck brace on. And I was like, OK, so that's obviously what I was. So you pick it before the client is even arrived because you've got this connection with them. You're picking up on what they've got before they even get there. And then the other the other story that I was going to tell you that was the last one. This is the very last one. Um, I was getting a little boy to draw and um, he was drawing a picture for me. And then I said to him, do you want to pick a book off the bookshelf and we'll read a story to finish? And all my books were about, they were Hay House books actually about, you know, affirmations for kids and being your best self. And But they were beautiful, all really lovely illustrated books as, as you would for a seven-year-old and um <laughs> he pulled the book off the shelf and he just like it, he was a boy so he just got the book and like flopped it open at a page and he opened it at the page and the illustration that he had drawn was identical to the page that he opened in the book I kid you not see so I think the wild hearts that I coach the little wild hearts I think they had psychic ability or high intuition now these children so this is another label for wild hearts are called new earth children so let me tell you about new earth children because this was a phrase phrase that was coined by Doreen Virtue so uh, Doreen Virtue wrote the book Indigo Crystal and Rainbow Children a guide to new generations of highly sensitive young people and they believe that since the 70s, children are becoming increasingly sensitive and psychic. And the first wave, the indigos, have a strong-willed warrior-like spirit for justice. That's me. I'm also an old soul who is here for change. And then in the 90s came the crystal children who stand out with their beautiful large eyes, which is the window to the soul, and are full of kindness and love. And they can't stand violence and they shut down around negativity. So imagine what they would be like growing up in a toxic puddle. 
I mean, all families have got a toxic puddle. Don't get me wrong. All families are slightly on a sliding scale of dysfunction. But, you know, there's dysfunction and then there's dysfunction. Uh, Crystal children are very clairvoyant and working with them has definitely enhanced my clairvoyant ability. So I believe that working with those children that I work with for 10 years has enhanced my intuition and my clairs and my intuitive ability. It's taught me to trust it more. Honestly, the gifts and the lessons that I learn, I get emotional thinking about it working with those kids. I can't tell you how much that helped me heal. And none of them will ever, ever know how much that means to me. Really, honestly. Oh, I'm going to cry. The third wave are the rainbow children and they are born from crystal parents and they're starting to emerge now. They're sometimes called star children and this group of souls have come to earth to assist in the evolution of humanity. Boy, do we need them now. No pressure for them then if you're a a rainbow child. But I often see these kids misdiagnosed with ADHD and autism and they have difficulties at home and at school. And as I said to you before, those things are diagnosed with a checklist of Are they behaving like this? It's all based around behavior. Well, guess what? Behavior is driven by feelings, right? So if you've got loads of suppressed feelings, you've got a toxic puddle, that's not tangible. It can only be felt with the heart by these little wild hearts. I don't necessarily think they have got those things. And then it and then it concerns me deeply that we're medicating them with Ritalin. And what does that mean for them in the future when we're pumping their bodies full of drugs? When actually what they need is to be connected to their souls, to be out in nature. And I know I sound like a right old tree hugging hippie, but I don't care because I've worked with them enough of them to know. And I know myself that when I did that cut off from my family and I came out of my toxic puddle, I got better. I got better. I know that might not be your experience and that's fine. We can have different experiences and still be internet chums, can't we? I, I believe we can. But I, I truly believe that if you look at your toxic puddle, that a lot of your symptoms or a lot of your pain and suffering, a lot of that will go. So let's finish off with some journal prompts for today. I hope you found today's episode helpful. If you identify as any of those labels, I'd love to hear from you. You can go over to my podcast on Anchor FM and there's a little button that you can press and you can leave me a message. How cool is that? Or you can just um, send me a DM on Instagram. But it's nice with the messages because with your permission, I can actually use those in the show. So we can just have a whole show where I say, here's another psychic, here's another intuitive, here's another. Like, I always think if that is your experience of life that is happening to you and other people might deny it, but they're not you and they don't know how it feels to be you. Right, let's do our journal prompts because I've gotten very excited in the last five minutes. I don't know why. I think it's just talking about my old job. And, you know, in the first episode, I said how sad I was to leave it. And now I'm remembering all the good that came from it for those children and for me for all of us it's good isn't it yeah that's good that's good so ask yourself these questions do I know what feelings are mine and what are somebody else's that's really hard if you're an empath and it also just means that you need some emotional and mental boundaries really which I still struggle with that to be honest I still struggle working out what's yours and what is mine not in my work, but in my personal life. And I think that's because 
of my attachment style and because I was enmeshed with my mum. I didn't have a separate sense of self. I didn't know who I was without her. It's another reason why I had to get out of the toxic puddle to heal because I was like, um, you know, in one of her extra arms or another leg. I didn't, I didn't know that I was a separate person. Obviously I did know, but you know, I didn't operate like I was a sense. I didn't function like a separate person. Another question for you. Am I comfortable being seen or known as a highly sensitive, intuitive, psychic empath? Like what does that bring? What do those names bring up to you? Or when you hear other people talk about being like that, what 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 do you start thinking? What stories are you running around that? What judgments are you making around that? Because I used to, I don't now, when people used to say that, I used to think, oh, yeah, are you? But are you really? But obviously I was saying that to myself because I didn't trust myself. So I was saying to myself, but are you? But are you really gaslighting myself? That's what happens to you when you've been gaslit for years and years and years and years and years. You minimise everything you think. You minimise and dismiss your own reality. It's hard to trust yourself. That takes time. Journaling. Journaling is the way. If you're not comfortable with them, think about why not. If you are, think about what that means to you to identify as that name. Another question for you, what have you learned about today that has surprised you most? (laughs) Think about what we've talked about today. And if you want to go and do some more investigation, you know, Wild Hearts are spiritual detectives. Be a spiritual detective. Go and seek out some of the people I've spoken about today. Some of the books, they'll be in the show notes. Educate yourself and get comfortable in your wild heart skin. You're fine as you are. You're brilliant. You're more than fine. I think you're amazing. What can you do in your daily life to take care of and protect the wild heart part of you? So it might not be all of you. It might just be a part of you. But what are you going to do to take care of that? So I've already talked about emotional and mental boundaries. And are there some rituals or things that you can do every day to make sure that you stay connected and grounded in your own reality I will do an episode on that every time we speak and I think oh I must do an episode on that I must do an episode on that I'm writing a list so I have a list of episodes and if indeed there's something that I've spoken about that you would like to hear more about drop me a note message me dm me and I will chat more about that the more we chat the more we can make sense of the craziness right yeah So remember, I have an offer for you. If you want to find out what your life purpose is or get clarity on the energies and and what lies within your wild heart, you can get 20% off your wild heart blueprint, which is a 35 page report on, you know, what your life purpose is, what challenges you face, what innate gifts you possess to help you overcome those challenges, how you like to express yourself, you know, what you came here to do. If you write me a review on iTunes, take a screenshot of it, email it to me. I will send you a code and you can get 20% off your wild heart blueprint. Okay. That's, that's so cool. So much fun to write those. I love writing those. It almost is like, um, it is written in the stars. Honestly, astrology, I've been studying it for a couple of years now and it really does fascinate me. So that's it for today. Lovely people. I have loved hanging out with you. I hope you've learnt lots and you heard things that helped and resonated. And until next time, stay wild, choose love. So much love to you.